Batman, David Finch poster from uh, Batman 700 there, oh, too. Oh, nice. That's a yeah. great image. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. But honestly, my, my new favorite edition is they were handing out the Ghost Machine uh, promotional posters at Comic-Con. And they had they were just, like, fucking enormous. Um, right honestly, it was not smart because <laughs> anyone who's traveling is going to have a hell of a time carrying it. Yeah. As I did, but it looks like it's hell yeah. Oh, looks like we're having some connections with issues with you. You having a Wi-Fi? You got good Wi-Fi signal, Brandon? Oh, you you have audio issues now. I think that's all it is. We can't hear you. How's this? That's good. much better. Okay. Fantastic. All right, here we are. Everybody, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome, everybody. When did we go live? <laughs> uh, about 45 seconds ago. Didn't all know right. y'all were talking. It's all good. No, no People know we're I, nuts. I had, a, I had a feeling. Probably shouldn't have done that. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> this is DC Comics Review from the Geek Matrix number 170. Legacy number 4,527. Six. 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 I knew Six. It. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I look like I'm in a different spot, it's because I am. I used to be here, but now I'm here. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Looks even better. I hope so. You can see my huge pile of Green Lantern comics constantly now. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. This literally from, I don't know if. Oh, it's even below the screen. This this whole thing is all green. Lantern. I have no doubts. <laughs> and three copies of the movie. <laughs> I myself got a brand new Green Lantern book, The Blackest Night, or well, yeah, yes, Blackest Saga. Night Saga. Man, it's got some um, just all kinds of amazing splash art. I don't know if y'all can see that very good. Oh, with the, the, the variant covers. Those are some nice covers. Oh, dude. I mean, and oh, just flipping gorgeous. And everything else, which is, of course, flipping gorgeous. Yeah. But you, you, you kind of can't expect anything else from Ivan Reyes. Oh, hell no. <laughs> now, now you and I can read Blackest Night together, and I'm sure Brandon can as well. Woohoo! Yeah. Sounds one good. Of, uh, one of two copies. Not smart. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm I'm very impulsive. Um, <laughs> so I, have, I have a copy that I that I own at home. Yeah. And then I have a copy that I own at school. I have the same thing with uh, Jeff Lemire's Green Air of the War of the Clans DC Essentials collection. Oh, because right. they were selling it for like ten bucks, and I was like, I don't need it. I already have it. <laughs> But, but it's just, a good deal. But I want, but I want to have it again. So now I have to. <laughs> it's it's a backup copy. Yeah, That's exactly, what it is. exactly. I used to have like two copies of Hush for like three years because I had one that I bought, and then my friend gave me one for my birthday, but I couldn't tell him I already had one, so I just right. kind of kept it for you. It's so, just kind of, you know, rude. Yeah. Makes people feel bad. Yeah, I could. I didn't have the heart to be like, oh shit, I already no. have this. I actually new, and like the piece I the the copy I had was like. I actually remember when I was, um, and I think it's because I got beat so hard, but uh, when I was a small kid and my great aunt bought me a Ninja Turtle action figurine, and we're talking, I'm like six or seven maybe, 
and it was um, Kung Fu Action Party Michelangelo. And I was like, oh, I already have this one. And I guess it, it hurt my aunt's feelings, so I got my ass kicked for it later. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's not, not what you want to say. No, apparently not. We do have yeah. a shit ton to say. Yeah, we got this a lot of week. this week. I mean, holy fucking wallet breaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, how are you guys doing otherwise, though? We're good? Um, yeah, not yeah. too bad. Everybody here is Tired. sick. Yeah, oh, yeah. also sick. Last week. Well, sick again, more like. Yeah. This is like the second time in a month. I don't even know how that's possible. And you're on crunch so This is like week, a mild though. cold. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like, yes, I have a little bit of a cold, but I, I, I'm not allowed to stop, so. Right. Yeah. It's COVID yeah. part four, return of the phlegm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man you guys got anything for uh comic book news i do not but i uh i have been reading up a storm like books are about to be extinct um edenwood from tony s daniel and j david ramos golly you don't like it I got the because Image sends us the advanced copies. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but I don't know. I was I had higher hopes for that because obviously Tony Daniels' writing record has been a little bit spotty if you've read some of his Batman stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. I was I was hoping this is going to be better than it was. But it's it was better than his Jurassic League. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Warren Johnson. Oh, whoops! All right. Well, sorry, Johnson. Um, also, uh, from image, I read the universal's monsters, Dracula from James Tynan and Martin Simmons. Shit. That was good. Way better than I thought it was going to be. I, uh, read a department of truth. Have you, uh, I started reading it. I have not finished reading it. Yeah. That's it's the same team in there. Yeah. That book is pretty dynamite. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I scooped up the Halloween issue from Marvel, uh, Hollow's Eve. I enjoyed that. It was weird, but it was a fun book. And was it was it an anthology or was it about Hollow's Eve? It was about Hollow's Eve. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was not. I I enjoyed it. You know the <laughs> the weird the weird ass Captain America female captain because I don't have the prejudice that y'all might have against these characters. So I I, I actually I only, enjoyed it. I don't know about any of these other characters. I just have prejudice against Hallow's Eve and any characters that came from the current run of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, we're, we're a little bit jaded. Only because they came from the current run of Spider Man. Yeah, you're not Sorry. still reading that, are you? Sorry, no. Spider Man. No, I I checked out the the end like the last issue of yeah. the last arc with uh, Spidey with a goblin in his fucking head because yeah. <laughs> I was curious what the fuck was going on now, and I just uh, it didn't was... it didn't make you want to read more. No, it yeah, really that's didn't. what I thought. It made me want to regret reading it already. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest tragedy is the fact that they recruited Pat Gleason to draw it and it looks so good that like I, I wanna I wanna gaslight myself into to reading it more, but I can't no. I just can't support this book. Look, I will so tell you and this yeah. is the only time I will ever tell you, but the, I, I I had this opinion and the rest of the internet I saw was fucking agreed with me. Uh-huh. Just read the last page. 
just read the last page. <laughs> the last page is just a full page splash image <laughs> of Spider-Man swinging through the city, and it's wow. gorgeous. That's depressing. <laughs> That's what it's come to. Right? Nothing to do with the story. It's yeah. just read that. Uh, just you know, it's a picture. But... Costume swinging, and I think he says something about got the future to look forward to or some shit. I don't know, yeah. but it's it's the best uh. part of Spider-Man so far. Yeah. There you go. Oh, and then uh, finally, issues. say again. In like thirty-five issues, has been the best part. So depressing. One single splash page. Yeah. yeah. Superior yeah. Spider-Man so far is already better. Superior Spider-Man is always good. Superior Spider-Man Returns one shot. Yeah. That was like I couldn't believe it. Maybe maybe it was just maybe people shit on that run a lot. Myself no, included. It was actually the, but it was a really good run. <laughs> I think I think I think a lot of it was just like people were really upset with the status quo shift. Now you can kind of go back and maybe re-examine it. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah not you kind of take yourself out of that initial annoyance of yeah. what they do in the Peter Parker. Uh, you you can appreciate what they did with it. Yeah. No, I agree. But did yeah, didn't no, I bother me and and I, I was like, oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> the Superior Spider Man. Wait, did you read Superior? Fuck yeah, I did. It had oh, yeah. when I heard that Doc Ock was gonna be Spider Man. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm reading Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that pulled you in, because that's what drove most people out. Well, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty on par. <laughs> <laughs> and then, did, uh, did you read like the the lead into that story? Like mm, the what was it? What was it called? Into, into of the Earth, or was that? That's the end? I thought it was like uh, amazing, no. not five hundred, like seven hundred or something. Something like no. that. I just oh, yeah. picked it up when the when the title kicked off. That was all. What the hell was Ends of the Earth? I don't know. I think that was another dance slot story. Some like. fucking flat Earth Maybe conspiracy stuff. Yeah. That was middle of a Spider-Man arc. And then um, finally, the last thing that I read that was outside DC, the Triple X Explorers are back. I did not know this. It's been around for five issues already. Money Shot Comes Again from Vault. Um, gobbled up all five issues in the last few days. And uh, team, Tim Seeley's on this again. Um, unfortunately, no Sarah Beatty, which bums me out and still has me worried about her. But uh, Giselle Lagasse and Carlos Badia Z do a really good job of picking up where she left off. Um, that's all the extracurriculars that I did. Well, if you like Tim Seeley, I don't know if you ever read Hack Slash, but fuck yeah, I did. Um, Zoe Thorogood, who uh-huh. is like a new up-and-coming name in comics, I still can't believe she's twenty-three. That makes me feel so depressed. Or I think she's twenty-four because <laughs> I'm just like. What, am I, what have I been doing with my life? Um, but Cornell. she's doing a... Yeah, I guess that's true. Really, really um, but she is doing, I think it's called Back to School, Hack Slash Back to School, writing and drawing a four-issue series. Oh, I and didn't know that was I a thing. A chance to, yeah, no, I, got, I had a chance to read the first issue like a week early because they were selling like early copies at, uh, at Comic-Con. Um, it's worth checking out if you're a fan of Cassie Hack and the Hack Slash stuff, and also if you um, read It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth, which is the autobiographical novel that she did, which is like, it's fucking genius. I wish I was an ounce that talented. <laughs> yeah, no, Hack Slash was a really good book. 
Um, did you guys have anything to go? I know that we are on a hell of a time crunch. Yeah, we gotta get rolling. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, honorables this week. Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic number four. Gave it a 7.75. Hear more about all of these later on in the bonus show. Penguin number three got a six. The Brave and the Bold number six, 8.25. Harley Quinn 33, 8.5. Steelworks number five got an eight out of ten. Power Girl number two got a seven point seven five out of ten. Tales of the Titans Beast Boy number four got a seven. Mortal Kombat Onslaught number one got a seven point seven five. Nice House on the Lake Deluxe Edition is out. Of course, I'm going to score that just so people know it. Nine out of ten. Uh, Superman for All Seasons got a 7 out of 10. And then, of course, they released the Detective Chimp Casebook. I gave that a 7.75 out of 10. That said, it is a trip to classic comics. Um, there is a warning on the table of contents that needs to be heated. Translation, there's several trigger... It, just consider it a trigger warning. Um, Oh, and then the two digital manga series, uh, Superman vs. Meshi and One Operation Joker, came out. But they, uh, they kept all of the comics as were released. Um, and I think it's from 1951 to 1959, so you can only imagine the content. Um, for Chimp, right? Say again? For Detective Chimp, yeah. 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 I, I saw that, and I didn't see that initially a verse on the list to come out this week, but I saw the cover is the image that was hit, uh, used on the Dawn of DC like map. Yep. Detective Chimp. And I was kind of confused about that and what they were doing here. but I, I'm hoping that it's a signal that uh, that Bobo is coming back in a big way. I hope so. He's been used quite a lot, actually. He's been used more than other big-name characters. Frequently, as of late, anyway. Yeah. What do you guys say? Should we jump into the books? I think we shall. And first up, if I remember correctly, is Gotham War Red Hood number two, brought to us by Josh. Indeed. Uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art Nicola says Messia, art uh, colors Rex Locus, letters Troy Petiri, and the covers from Carmine D. Gian Domenico. Uh, Batwoman, or Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War Red Hood. Whew. Um, what a fucking title. It gives a little bit of an interesting backstory to what has been Jason's part in the whole Gotham War thing. The book starts a week before Jason ends up in the fire trying to save the girl, right before Batwoman and Catwoman show up to save him like we saw in the previous issue. Seems like Red Hood has more on his plate than just Bruce and Selina. Over the course of the week, we see the story progress. The issue is basically Ravager in Gotham, hoping her boyfriend is okay because he didn't show up to a meeting. That was because of what Batman did. The rest of it is the Joker. He's concerned about Red Hood, which seems odd. Repeatedly says he needs him, that he won't let anything happen to him which seems odd. He even saves Jason from the Scarecrow right before Bruce and Selina drag him and the girl out of the fire, and that is how the issue ends. But it gave me info that I didn't know before. I thought that this would end with Gotham War Scorched Earth, but it all wraps up for Jason in the finale of The Joker, The Man Who Stops Laughing. Um, far as this goes, man, the art fits the story, and for that, it looks really good. There's a lot of, I guess 
artistic freedom going on. Proportions are fine. Art is kind of blocky in places and angles are a little different, especially with close-up faces. But like I said, it does match the story, so I'm kind of okay with that. Pretty cool cover, too. Um, the story itself isn't quite so much a part of Gotham War as it was a setup for whatever this story is with Jason. Um, whatever the Joker has planned for him and hopefully Ravager saving his ass. But we'll see. There's no telling why the Joker needs him, but I do suppose we will find out. That got a 7.5 out of 10 for me. I can pretty much agree uh, almost everything you said. Um... I would like to point out, I'm just, and I think I've said it before, I'm loving this pseudo arc that Matthew Rosenberg has taken on with Jason Todd mm -hmm. uh, across so many different books. And if you read all these different books, you get one big story for a single character. I think it's that's a really interesting storytelling approach, and it it looks like we might be nearing the end of his Jason Todd storyline, mm -hmm. which I think is a shame. So I feel like there could be a lot more to see, but. <clears throat> if this leads to some big character growth at the end of it all, I'm I'm all for it. And Matthew Rosenberg did a hell of a job doing it. Um, and it seems like in every installment, there's acknowledgement of the last shit that they did. Like even in here, I believe it's here, we see um, references to Task Force Z. Yeah, what somebody was saying to Two Face, you you led him into leading some dead people. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting little callback, and it helps that it's the same writer. So, right, <laughs> yeah, I, I fairly enjoyed the art in this too. It's it's a nice little side story, and I I really like that throughout the issue they give you that timeline because you're seeing Jason and all these different things and Batman and Catwoman, respectively, and they fill in that timeline to fill in the blanks between what the story they're building in this and the story that's going on already in Gotham War. And they show you, okay, this happened here, this happened here, this happened here. I really like that. It's really well done. Uh, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. I, I wish I had uh, more to weigh in on, but I didn't get a chance to read this one this week. It's been uh, kind of a busy week on my end amidst other things. Brandon uh, thinks that college and work yeah, are more important than comics. And, and work and... <laughs> fucking tech week next week oh no performance and also being in a band and yeah. like yeah it's you know <laughs> somehow somehow it might be a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can only fucking imagine man that's the way to put it <laughs> <laughs> yeah woo yeah. i want some of your energy that's for damn sure i i would gladly Trade places with you right now if I could just sit and read comics. I haven't been able to do that and feels like a long time. That sucks, man. <sighs> well, if it's any consolation, you have some pretty interesting stories to look forward to. Yeah. Indeed. Although, if, uh, if the internet is to be believed, apparently this issue was uh, to use a respectable turn of phrase dog shit. Um, but maybe I don't have anything to look forward to. <laughs> I can get where they say that, but there's just been all kinds of hate for the whole Gotham War thing to begin with, and then the fact yeah. that this kind of steps outside of the Gotham War, I mean, I can see how that would piss people off. I don't care, though. It's Jason like Todd. To, yeah. 
the, the internet also likes to just shit on things. Yes, no like what it is. Everything yeah. is. Well, toilet I was surprised. Paper. I mean, it had like a, uh, you know, every time I check uh, League of Comic Geeks to see what what issues are next or whatever, like it has the score next to it, the user score, um, and it was like a fifty-eight. I couldn't believe it. it was so low. It's rare that you see them that low. It has to be really bad for that. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't even think it was that bad. Like I, I'm still. It's it's a side of Gotham War I'm semi enjoying, if only because of the Matthew Rosenberg Jason Todd arc. Right. It's kind of like when you go on to IMDB and to look at a movie and you see that it's got like a four out of ten and there's only like a hundred reviews and you're like, Holy shit, the crew didn't even rate this good. <laughs> <laughs> We hated working on this. It was horrible. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, All right. yeah. Let's jump into, we'll fly up, up, and away into some action comics. This is uh, number 1058. Oh, I nearly forgot the number there. This is New Worlds Part 2, brought to us by writer Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art from Rafa Sandoval, colors from Matt Herms, letters from Dave Sharp, and a very nice cover from Steve Beach, if I do say so myself. Fucking great cover. Yeah, it's a really cool cover. And, and very um, specific to the issue, because if you remember the end of the last issue, Clark Kent was being attacked by Superman. <laughs> this is only right? happened 15 <laughs> times before. But it's a little bit different this time, because this Superman is an alien in disguise that is sapping his powers. That's only happened three times before. Um, <laughs> so they're on top of the Daily Planet, uh, and Clark goes this fake Superman into attacking him, which is exactly what the Superman wants to do, so it wasn't hard. Uh, and while Superman does not have 100% of his strength, he's taking these hits kind of hard, he also knows his powers better than this other guy. So he knows how to lean into certain punches and and uh, convince this person to use certain things, um, such as uh, activating the uh, super hearing, which the guy cannot control, and then getting so pissed off um, that his heat vision just goes full blast after uh, Clark activates some LexCorp slash SuperCorp kryptonite cannons, which he held on to for just such an event like this. Um, but the heat vision that gets blasted out as Clark monologues uh, kind of uses up all his reserve energy, and this guy just let it out full force to destroy a couple of the cannons orbiting Earth. Uh, so this guy ran out of energy fast and fell to the ground as Clark socked him in the jaw and he fell unconscious uh which then reverted him back to his normal form clark took the bracelet that was sapping his powers and then headed back home uh to exactly where lois is arrived uh is actually not they she's meeting the returning family who have arrived home um from school at steelworks also at Ulthera. Uh, actually got into a fight today so while <laughs> lois is trying to kind of describe to them how they shouldn't always get into a fight and and you know things at school need to be a little more um what what's the word i'm thinking of a little more civil in comes clark all tattered up from a fight he was supposed to be at work great timing clark uh, so that happens. Lois whisks him away to <laughs> just hide away from the kids as um, Kara takes them into their bedroom and tell them a story from Krypton, very uh, reminiscent of, of their own Phalosian history, being an offshoot of Kryptonians, and tell them a tale of their family crest. 
uh, about two ancient Kryptonian characters, Red Sun and Star Child. Uh, I think also both maybe callbacks to Superman history, which is kind of interesting. Uh, after a little lecture from Lois, Clark and Steel begin to talk uh, as Clark reveals his powers have been sapped and he's hoping that John Henry can give him a little bit of a boost to hold out the day. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I don't remember if her name was given yet. Nora Stone. Nora Stone, thank you. Oh. Uh, she is communicating through some kind of magic that um, is able to... She's communicating through some kind of magic uh, to some people that may or may not be her bosses, and she reveals that while they do have the upper hand on the Kryptonians in metropolis they have the chance at getting one onto their side which is very suspicious and then over at steelworks foundry uh john henry has finished up uh what he can do for clark and hands him a little gauntlet and a sword and as we see uh clark kent now has his own steel armor uh, up until he gets his powers back he'll be wearing this new super suit which looks feckin badass Badass. Right on. Should I go into the backups first? Go for it. Alright. Uh, so we have uh, Secret Identity Part 1. It's written by Gene Luen Yang. Art from Victor Bogdanovich. Colors from Mike Spicer. And letters from Dave Sharp. Simply put, Connor, Kara, Osara, and Othara are in a uh, little fight with the Worm Emperor. That's right. I said the Worm Emperor. It sounds stupid, but there's a thing either. behind it. There is, yeah. <laughs> he he controls worms. Think tremors, but less intense. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's an old Chinese thing, but the worm emperor. Kind of. Um, the very first emperor of China, the Yellow Emperor, who happened to invent the word emperor. Um. Uh. It was his wife, as legend has it, that was the one that discovered silk and invented the silk loom. So they called her Queen of the Worms and, you know, Yellow Emperor. So I think it kind of just got thrown together. But this guy's pink. I don't think that's... <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's a thing. Um, well, can, is, is that, you, you mentioned does, does Emperor come from China? Or I, I thought... Because I thought the Latin origin was Imperator, which comes from Rome. Uh, it's not a history class, I'm just... I'm, no. I, I could <laughs> well, Imperators can definitely be uh, yeah. Latin origins, but Emperor... Yes. Maybe, who knows, Latin's such an old language that it could have just had traces all over the fucking place. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, we got to talk history someday. Uh, so, coincidentally, you bring up China, because while the four super family members are being held down actually being held down by these worms because they're laced with kryptonite surprise um, <laughs> in comes Keenan Kong straight from China to help out the super family he's been there on and off but Osara and Othara do not trust him they think he is a spy and they head over to his apartment where the, it's been discovered that the kids broke in uh, literally broke the wall down and <laughs> find all sorts of, of parts where uh, boards and information and data where he is actually spying on the family and as we find out uh some time ago in shanghai china batman of china is talking to superman of china uh, because you know world's finest and all that about this man who was reporter for primetime shanghai and a close friend of the batman of china uh fell dead 
due to a heat-activated uh, heart attack after he was investigating Superman's real identity, the American Superman, Clark Kent. Uh, so Batman are trying to ask Keenan Kong to go over uh, to America and just investigate the Super Family to make sure that none of them did it since the heat-activated heart attack seems to be uh, synonymous with heat vision. Uh, so then Keenan re pretty much reveals most of it except for who his source is um, and then asks for their identities. Uh, but Connor says, no, we're not going to give you your identities. And then he asks his Robin bot to scan them, and as the Robin bot discovers some soil traces on their boots, which can be traced back to Kent Farm, and that's when Keenan realizes Clark Kent is Superman, but before he can finish his thoughts, he also falls dead with a nosebleed, and also this is a flashback that takes place in the past. So <laughs> yeah, between 1050 and no 1051. Fear. Exactly, so literally between... Lex Luthor erasing everybody's memory of Clark Kent being Superman and to their debut of the new costumes because this version of Keenan Kong is wearing his old costume uh, just yep. to let you know so do not worry Gene Lo Niang is not killing off Keenan Kong <laughs> and finally <laughs> right. we have Bibbo and the Super Twins in Panic at Parade written by Greg Hahn with art from Travis Mercer, colors from Andrew Dollhouse and letters from Dave Sharp Bibbo has taken the Super Twins to the Metropolis Day Parade, the anniversary of Metropolis, uh, I guess it's founding, and they, they're having a hard time getting used to stuff, um, as is normally the case when you have people that spend their entire lives in basically a prison planet trying to get used to a good fucking time. Right. Uh, they, <laughs> they see a guy dressed up as Superman and tried to talk to him. But this guy's got a giant head because he's a ma it's not a he's a mascot. Um, they use their X-ray vision, sees just some kid, and they get a little annoyed, and, <laughs> and then go jumping around to see if they can find Superman. Superman, what's wrong with you? Your head is so big. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they jump onto an ambush bug float, fucking badass as well, and accidentally burst it, so it begins to fall into the crowd. But then Superman arrives, heat visions it shut, which you know, like. Aren't they full of helium? That should have exploded. Can I just that's say, true. <laughs> Kaboom. I read that. That's not no. That this this is that's what happened to that dirigible. It's what was it dirigible. called? The blimp that blew. Oh, the Heidenberg. The Heidenberg, yeah. Hindenburg. Yeah. Hindenburg. 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 <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he saves the day and then goes to find Bibbo and Bibbo's happy and the kids are happy and Clark is happy and, and kids want to do it again next year and take part in more Bowski family traditions, which brings a tear to Bibbo's eye and is very nice to see. Uh, so that is our issue. I, I, I can say my piece about the Bibbo story. I love seeing Bibbo. Um, the art was kind of nice. I, I don't like that science issue in my point of view. That float should have exploded. <laughs> probably taken other floats with it since the close God, don't you guys know anything about physics right <laughs> um actually I know <laughs> um but apart from that it's a nice little touching story with Bibowski uh which I always like and I like seeing more of Ulcera and Ulcera so they're, they're kind of cool kids uh the Gene Lu and Yang, Ken and Kong story, kind of interesting. I've been wondering for a while if we're ever going to get someone picking up on the, the notes 
of Lex Luthor wiping everyone on the planet's minds, and if they figure out Clark Kent and Superman, they just have an aneurysm on the spot. That honestly has been on my mind for a while now, and I'm happy they're getting to it, and we're going to see what happens with Keenan. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that comes out. Um, mm-hmm. The main story is very simple, very to the point. Uh, Clark's got a new suit. There's there's not much else to go on in this issue. It almost feels like a stepping stone. They finish one part of the story and start another. Oh, man. Um, but that <laughs> suit is sick. I'm not going to lie. He's got a sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm down for it, and I love the art. I always, I always love the art in these issues, and, and you know, Philip Kennedy Johnson, still awesome writer. Unfortunately, he's not going to be in the book too much longer. Don't remind me. We will enjoy it while we can. Uh, I'm giving this an 8.5 out of 10, all said and done. Shit. Dude, okay, I will uh, I'll go backwards like you did. Part 3, it's chock full of funny moments I enjoyed from the dialogue of Otho and Osel. Um, it's literally just a feel-good section fe- featuring uh, Bibbo, and I have yet to read a story with Bibbo in it since the death of Superman. That was like 460 years ago. The, <laughs> the art is great, and the story brought a smile to my face. Um, part two, I thought it was pretty good. Um, holy shit. For one, I had no clue that Keenan didn't know their identities. I mean, I guess it was just an assumption that I had made. That's a bit of information. Um, I mean, you know, and when they're fighting, because he just started one day hanging out in the Kent house, <laughs> so we figured, <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, the uh, the soups aren't exactly super secretive with their names all the time when they're in the middle of the fight. Kara, John, Clark. I mean, that shit happens. So I just assumed. Um, On top of that, it is cool to see more of the JLC, even if it is just one member. And then finally, uh, for part one, I started reading through this and I'm like, oh, look, Philip Kennedy Johnson gives a shit about Superman and his history. Right off the bat, shown with the super hearing thing, no need for people to wear special fucking bracelets so that Clark can hear them. And then he doubles down with heat vision being all about concentration, too. Thank you, PKJ. Someone still loves Superman. I think it was cool to see that the Felosians got their own version of Nightwing and Redbird with Ivor and Eldani. Um, Like Rob said, super cool cool armor and sword. I think it's a super cool direction for the story. It's interesting that they're looking to recruit a Kryptonian. At first, I thought it might be Superboy Connor, but only for a second. It has to be Otho. She publicly lost her shit with her powers in a big way. Now, my only complaint is not the Hindenburg. Um, it's that <laughs> jo- it's that John has a Genesis fragment. That should power soups back up to normal unless there's something that I've forgotten about it, which is completely possible. Um, the respect that he gives to the characters, their voices, and literally everything about them is what makes PKJ one of the best writers currently under the employee of DC. And that's counting Jeremy Adams, who writes everything that's in my head. Um, <laughs> obviously, Sandoval and Herms, I mean, 
it almost doesn't require mentioning. It should be assumed that the art is going to be gorgeous. Sandoval is that good. And Herms with coloring, he's a superstar. This The first part was fantastic. I enjoyed the entire book. The Genesis fragment dropped off a tiny bit for me, so I gave it a 9.25 out of 10. Damn. I know. That's I what I like said. That much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 8.25 out of 10 for me. I kind of just uh, echo most of what you said. It's nice to see that they're having fun with the Super Twins and doing these kind of like zany little stories inside. Um, I guess, yeah, Keenan is really the only one of the Super Family who doesn't know Clark's identity, so obviously there's a little bit of, um, I guess, questioning there. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting story. It's probably my least favorite of the stories in here, but still interesting. I think I just, I'd, I'd have to have subsequent chapters to see where I stand. Um, the main story as always is, is, you know, what really is holding this book together. Um, and just keeping up with this blue earth story, particularly kind of deepening the mystery with, uh, Nora stone and everything is, is really mm-hmm. what's keeping it going. So yeah, no, just uh, strong stuff as usual. Um, and, uh, Hopefully this gets a, a satisfying conclusion, which I, I guess this will be possibly the last arc for this uh, storyline. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to wrap this all up. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure they will. We'll have to see. Oh, yeah, hopefully they can actually wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, now we'll move on to Detective Comics, brought to us by Brandon. Yes, which is not written by me, although I wish it was. Um, but uh, Detective Comics number 1075 is written by Mr. Rom V with art from Francesco Francavia art and colors I should mention uh, with letters from Ariana Mar and as always incredible covers from Evan Cagle Um, this story is is fairly short I would say actually um, in that it pretty much just follows uh, Detective Fielding and Detective I, I don't remember the other detective's name but they're sort of on their continued quest to hunt down the Batman with Fielding... Oh, sorry, Nash is his name. Um, yeah. With Fielding kind of throwing around this, this theory that, you know, Bruce Wayne might have some kind of connection to Batman given all the places that he's hit in his kind of wild uh, mental trip uh, through Gotham. And, of course, the next place that he decides to hit is none other than Crime Alley because we all expected that. Um, and you get this sort of... <laughs> throughout the previous issue we'd had these hallucinations that bruce had uh, been dealing with with uh, people from his past his father dick grayson and now of course in a in a scene that we've seen a few times but admittedly this one i think was was fairly well executed uh, a scene with the young bruce wayne kind of processing everything that just happened uh, with the death of his parents um and of course Having to deal with all of that, there's really only one other place Bruce could go back to um, after, you know, Crime Alley. And that is, of course, Wayne Manor and the gravestone of his parents. Um, But just before that, of course, we cut over to um, the Orgham family, who are, of course, still on the hunt uh, for Batman, kind of trying to track his whereabouts and where his his, uh, next destination will be. But of course, we know that is Wayne Manor, and he has a very classic grieving slash um, brooding over his parents' uh, gravestone moment while Fielding and Nash are watching from a distance. 
Um, fielding is getting ready to call this in just to kind of make sure that they don't take any drastic action uh, before Batman gets away. Um, but he just kind of wants to make sure the call goes in so that his theory um, is, is there and someone has record of it. But before he can get any kind of call out into the wind, he's shot by Nash, who we discover is working for Erhad and the Orgums, and of course brings the Orgums over to Wayne Manor. And they quickly knock Bruce out of his shit and drag him off in the distance um, with uh, Arzen arriving in the midst of the chaos to discover that Batman is none other than Bruce Wayne unveiling um, his identity while he's still lying over on the tombstone. And of course, they have plans to dispose of Bruce. They can't keep him in Gotham. It doesn't fit with their plans. But Arzen is a little bit more sympathetic, knowing that even if he has Dan the Batman, there's probably some kind of way that he can save him. And that's where our main story ends. Our backup story, kind of in a similar vein, deals with the moment uh, that Bruce was hallucinating over, that, that instant where his parents had just died. And we get sort of a dual perspective approach to the story where one is focusing on Alfred um, and his sort of way of consoling Bruce in the wake of this tragedy. And the other is the demon, possibly Barbatos, possibly the bat demon, possibly something else that we've been seeing tease uh, throughout the run so far. Um, and in both, um, you know, we see this moment where Bruce kind of goes off on his own. But in this, he connects with Alfred, whereas with the demon, he connects with it and basically kind of tells it that, you know, we are we are separate in one way, but I, I kind of reject you. Um, so, yeah, that uh, backup story, if I neglected to mention, was written by Dan Waters with art from Aaron Campbell, colors from Patricio Del Peche and letters from Steve Wands. Probably give this one an 8.5 out of 10, I think. Um, it, it would have ranked higher because I did enjoy this issue quite a bit. Um, but admittedly, it probably would have ranked higher for me if, and I hate saying this about Francesco Francavilla, but I don't know. I think this was probably not his best artwork. It was sufficiently moody. Wow. His colors are still, you know, really gorgeous. But I think some of the, the facial expressions just, I think, looked a little bit too, <laughs> too uh, undetailed. Go to go to go to page seven, and I looked at page seven. I think it's page seven, and all yeah. I could hear in my head was, "You don't know what it's like to be the Batman." <laughs> yeah, always um, sad, man. Yeah, no, it's, so I, I I think. <laughs> that's the one. Um, but no, I, I think I think like the art works for the tone of the story. It's it's perfectly moody, but um, I think just. I don't know. I don't know if this was like a rush job or something like that, but it felt like it could have been a little bit polished, a little bit more hmm. polished in some ways. Um, and the uh, yeah, the backup story is fine. It's interesting, but really, it just kind of adds more weight to the Barbatos um, theme slash uh, plot thread that we've been seeing. Um, but it's not. I don't. I don't think it's essential in any way. It's just. It's like kind of an extra flavor if you're if you're really invested in that story uh story beat so yeah no 8.5 for me like i enjoyed it um i wish that the some panels at least in the the main art were a little bit better but on the whole i, I enjoyed it quite a bit wow so like other than uh the sad man page uh 
I I enjoyed it. Um, it's interesting knowing that all of the Orgums know who Batman is now. I didn't see that coming, and now I have to see where it's going. Not that I haven't been on this detective train this whole time, but what happens to all of the Orgums? And since Arzen is feeling compelled to hang Batman, but wanting to say save Bruce is he gonna hang somebody else in the costume like where the fuck is this going um and how does Ram V write stuff that makes me question everything I've been reading and still have me interested that is a damn good question um I feel like this is this sounds corny but I feel like it's dark poetry in motion I I absolutely love it Hopefully this doesn't take a hard turn for the worse. Uh, Batman Outlaw in this book starts next month. We'll see what happens. Um, as far as the art goes, it's it's weird. But I didn't even notice it while I was reading. Not because I'm skipping it or because I thought it was bad because it's not. Um, I think it's because the art is just actually so much a part of the story that taking in both at the same time felt like I was reading a novel. I had a hard time separating the two, and that to me is pretty amazing to be able to do that. Um, in part two, the split of the story, uh, the realization of the realization of Bruce, the influence to become the Batman, the deep sadness that penetrates it all. Um, just like the first part of the book, this felt like a novel as well. I can't escape that feeling. Um, I also can't escape the damn emotions I felt reading this part. Uh, hit me with my kids, um, like how they're going to take it when I finally kick it is a constant concern of mine. Um, hopefully they'll be okay, but I mean, rage, sadness, apathy, there's all kinds of possibilities and that scares the shit out of me. Um, so I guess I can relate to how Alfred feels here. And the depiction of what Bruce is going through, it just kind of rattled me. This book is something else, and that something else is fucking amazing. Um, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Um, the whole Arzen with Bruce thing has me a little bit worried story-wise. But so far, I mean, wow, yeah, like, <laughs> seriously, a 9.5 out of 10. Such a good fucking book. I kind of agree with both of you in certain aspects uh, where where I definitely get where Josh is coming from with the, the, the novel idea. Um, they really feel that way, like it was a really deep story, but I also agree with Brandon where it wasn't the greatest art this issue. <laughs> well, I will um, say that it's uh, Brandon. I will agree with Brandon. I've seen Frank Avia do better. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it yeah. wasn't all bad. It's just there's been a lot better from Frankovia, and it yeah. it did kind of take away from the the, the 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 for lack of a better term deepness of the issue. Um, uh, mm -hmm. For me, anyway. Okay, uh, yeah. I guess I was thinking like the the issues that he did for Black Mirror, which are like exceptional. Exceptional. That, that is a perfect fusion of four. Uh, art and horror prose, and I, I guess like I felt the mood here. I just wish it was a bit like like Rob said, which was a little bit better. Yeah, yes. like the art in the backup was holy shit. That was amazing. <laughs> I I love that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Did, what did you guys say about the art in the backup? I thought it was wonderful. I said yeah. the same thing. It like blended in with the story so much. Yeah. I 
didn't notice it because it was just part of the story. Yeah. Yeah, the, the backup was fantastic. Um, the story in the main uh, story was, was really interesting uh, to see where this is going to go. There's been so many parts of this, this Orgum chapter, this Orgum epic, I guess. Um, you really don't know where it's going to go, how it's going to end, when it's going to end, but it's interesting so far getting there. Uh, I just wish we'd get there a little sooner. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, also, as for Batman Outlaw, it's called. Yeah, that's yeah. the arc. The DC characters don't always have the biggest track record when it comes to stories called Outlaw. <laughs> so we'll see. You leave Red Hood alone. Even apart from him, I was even thinking. Oh no, that was I was thinking Hal Jordan, but that was Renegade. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Some lantern fan you uh, are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like there's a Green Arrow art called Outlaw, but I just I can't remember. Oh, Emerald oh, Outlaw. That's what I'm thinking of. That yeah. was during Rebirth, wasn't it? That was Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's pretty good. Actually, that okay. So I take it back. This gonna rock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good. Um, yeah. Did I score it? No. I no. Where did I? <laughs> uh, I'll eight point zero out of ten. 8.0. Seems yeah. pretty. I mean, I would have gave it an 8, but, you know, hey, to each their own. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I fucking loved it. 9.5. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we've cool. been speeding yeah, through these reviews for quite a while. Reviews. Yeah, reviews. <laughs> Shut up. I have an impediment. Damn it. <laughs> so you, you literally spoke French for a second. French is road. You were speeding through the roads. Speeding through the rows? Roads. Roads. Oh, well, yeah. like this next dude. Exactly. Kind of. Well, other dimensions. But yeah, The Flash, number two, brought to us by Josh. Written by Cy Spurrier. The art inside and on the cover is Mike Diodata Jr. with uh, Trish Mulvihill colors and lettering from Hassan Atmani El Hau. Things get a little wacky in Flash this week. Um, while in the midst of fighting this self-repairing pile of meat, um, Nahada, Grodd's second-in-command, whops Wally, and he's sent into that stasis again. Except it's not. He stayed still while the planet moved on. We find all of this out by this cosmic group of really tall people called the Stillness. They take Wally back to Earth stop the monsters, introduce themselves, and tell him that they are trying to study a group known as the Archangels. And uh, Wally tries to correct them and say Archangels, and he says they say no, but they do view the Archangels as something they think is holy, because all of them start saying holy. <laughs> Before they take off, they say he doesn't know how much he's messing things up and that they will be watching. Meanwhile, Grodd is setting up some sort of evil hexagon, and Wally is trying to fix it. Through this, Wally has a new power, the ability to literally step outside of reality and poof back in as necessary. And then, for some reason, it wraps with Barry and Iris on the phone, but we don't get much from that. Um, my friends here are not fans, but I like Diodato. And Mulvihill with him makes it a great team. And though this story so far seems a bit out there, 
it's pretty intriguing. DC seems to be looking for a way to differentiate, differentiate all of the two similar characters from each other. First Power Girl from Supergirl and now Wally from Barry. I mean, count me in. We'll see what happens from here. Good read, 7.5 out of 10. You haven't read New Avengers, have you? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> New Avengers? Why would I read New Avengers? I was going to say, because you're, you're like, oh, my friends here, they don't like Diodato, but I like them. And I was like, spoken yeah. as someone who's probably never read New Avengers. I still have images of Luke Cage. Oh, God. Mind. Oh. <laughs> and they, that's what get, you like, guys get for get, reading like, Marvel comics. I get, like, chills. Thinking about that. <laughs> horrible. He was, I, mean, I don't know if you were reading, um, like, when Tell he me how you really feel. Pikmin's Avengers. It's, like, horrifying. No. Was it? it was, I'm, I'm, no, that was, I'm thinking of... Imagine, thinking of, imagine, like, two to three models for what a human looks like, and then multiply that by 15,000. Jesus. And it's like, it's, like, the most static artwork you ever see. Every time you would draw yeah. a black swan, I'd want to run away. <laughs> see... Diodato is very heavy on musculature. Yeah. And he thinks his anatomy is the and best anatomy. Photo reference, which is not a terrible thing, but I think he's one of those people that has an over reliance on it to the point where like it they look like these horrible caricatures of humans. Yeah. Like I've always had an issue with artwork where you see every single hero from Superman to elongated man with certain artists drawn with like toned bodies and, and hefty muscles and like that that's not realistic you know for yeah. every single character there's going to be some people that are just like skinny you know uh, maybe somebody's a little chubbier than the rest it's <laughs> it's gonna happen it can't be that every single hero out of the hundreds of heroes we have are all this muscly well but, i mean it does make sense for flash they are all super muscly (laughs) like literally every person that he draws also i must have missed the memo on this but like because i haven't read this issue either but i was just like thinking about the last issue did i ray get like aged up or something because i don't know if it's a diodato doesn't know how to draw kids thing but she looks like 16 i don't know if it's the case with this issue too but like Maybe it's maybe it's like a Romita thing where he just he doesn't know how to draw kids. Oh, that was really mean. I mean, I mean, it's true. Yeah, Romita. Except for, well, yeah, I guess. I'll give him. I'll give him a pass for kick ass because I feel like when he drew Hit Girl, it was it looked convincingly like a child. Convincing, yeah. uh, for a child that swore and killed like an adult. Yeah, yeah, as as convincing as that can be. <laughs> See, so the image you just sent, I actually don't mind this. Oh, God, that face is horrifying. It's better than the Flash on cover of number one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Which face is horrifying? Black Swan he's talking about. Yeah. I don't think it's horrifying. The girl? Yeah. That is, oh, my God, dude. I wish I could draw like that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually that's not that bad. No, that's, I, I'm, I was like, the nose there, is were, there were frequent panels girl. like this. Yeah, but I'm just like, dude, come on. This is, this is, this is not where it's at. <laughs> Never Jesus. mind Reed's face in that in that uh, third panel. Half of it's covered by shadow. I'm more yeah. concerned about Reed's toned, like, amazing abs. 
and broad like uh shoulder muscles like that yeah. that does not scream nerdy scientist that stretches his body <laughs> i mean i'll give you that much I yeah. think Iron Man looks fucking ridiculous, but Black that, Swan, whoever this chick yeah. is, I think that looks great. Let's yeah. not talk about that period of Iron Man either. <laughs> I think that was his intergalactic armor. Wait, 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 I got another one for you. Oh, no. Intergalactic. Age, I swear to God. Intergalactic. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Emma, uh, Emma Frost. That's Emma Frost. That's Emma Frost? Yeah. That's not yeah. All right, here here's my problem with that because obviously he's going for her biting her her bottom lip. Yeah. But Where's not only not only does she have long neck, which she most certainly does cuz you can tell where her shoulder's supposed to be. Straight neck too. She has a five head. I wouldn't even call that a five head, but I think maybe that, a six there's head. Too much here. I think that's a three head. <laughs> well, I think all we, all three of us, can just agree that it's just not right. <laughs> she's farting. Okay. Avengers are the dumbest. Ooh, it does look like she's farting. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Now I can't unsee it. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Either that, or when she's saying Avengers are the dumbest, she's making a dumb face. I don't know. It's uh, so this, this is the issue we have with Diodato. Yeah. Plus, yeah, he's a really find cool one from person. That, that <laughs> said, well, I mean, I don't know about him as a person, but I all, all I can he's say not, is he's what I like a horrible comic skater or anything. He's just no. he thinks he's God's gift to art when oh. it comes to his anatomy. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. he's he's on the level of like Greg Land for me. Oh yeah, Yikes. yeah. Jeez, you're um, just you're just in a rotten mood today. I mean, first no, you compared I mean, I people to Jar Jar. Well, honestly, yeah. I mean, I think I think both Jeez. of them struggle with drawing kids. I'd say the same thing about John Byrne too. I think and Jar Jar struggles with drawing everything. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if if you were to put these two together, like. <clears throat> Vita in his prime versus Mike Diodato in his prime whenever that would be. <laughs> Diodato in his prime? What is his Soldier? prime? Might be New Avengers. Are you serious? Might be. Ooh. I'm not That's... saying it's good. I don't know. This That's Flash is... His best work. I, I thought you were going to say Spider-Man and I, I was going to have to leave. I, don't <laughs> I didn't read any Spider-Man with, from Diodato, so I couldn't. You never read, um, what, Since Past? I think that the art in the okay. Flash book is fucking great. Yeah. I mean, we, we might have, we might be able to single out a shit ton of series where he's not all that great. Luckily for me, I don't, I don't sit through Marvel books really, so, um, I haven't had the, the, uh, good luck that y'all have had with not being able to appreciate what he's done Even for what what he does with his, his his anatomy here makes sense for the flash although yeah. i will say that i will I, I i will i will concede that an eight pack probably isn't going to show up through the flash's suit but altogether <laughs> i think it's done really well 
I think we've ruined Diodato for Josh. Next yeah. issue three is going to come around and he's going to curse our names. I think you're crazy about the Black Swan thing. Why though. did you have to admit this? That's not even. The image that's ingrained into my head is him in like a tight shirt. Oh, God. And just painted on. And yeah. he's next to Jessica. I look at that and I hear Cage Smash. Uh, yeah. I mean, was he a Hulk for a minute? What the fuck is this? Oh. No, but that's that's what we mean. <laughs> Why is he so short? That's what I was talking to you. This is high. He just had impenetrable skin and a little bit of super strength. He yeah. wasn't I mean, naturally I'm... muscly. I mean, he had muscles, but he didn't have, like, John Cena muscles. No. <laughs> he had maybe Dwayne Johnson muscles. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, why are there earthworms under your skin? That's what I look at. That when that's what I think when I look at John Cena's muscles. Yeah. I, I gotta show you like, a clip later. That don't look John, right, bro. John Cena and Dwayne Johnson were in the ring together, and Dwayne was trying to do the, the people's elbow, but he didn't have an elbow pad. So I'll, I'll send it to you later. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, so yeah, the Flash. I will give you this. The art in this issue, I didn't hate it. There were there was for the most part I actually didn't mind it, but I think that's because most of it was in another dimension where things didn't have muscles, so it was a little <laughs> easier to digest. Um, I'm still terrified of Wally's face. It's horrifying. <laughs> but beyond that, I can I can abide by this issue. Like, it, you know, the, the worst part is horrible. like Wally is historically the smiling Flash. He's you know a bit yeah. more upbeat, optimistic. And the fact that you got someone who draws smiles like they're from a horror movie, <laughs> smiling fly. I, like I just, I legitimately can't understand how they landed on that. I don't. I. Yeah. It must be like someone owes someone a favor or something. I, don't, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody owes something like, a favor. That's the thing. Like he had kind of stopped doing Marvel stuff, and then he just kind of fucked off to AWA, and I was like, cool. Yes. <laughs> like, like draw all your own characters yeah. uh, or, or characters you co-own and like it seemed to work pretty well and he was doing moves with like Mark Russell and Straczynski and Cullen Bunn and Peter Milligan and like everyone working there and I was like why why did they why did they like recruit him from there to do this I don't understand yeah I don't understand <laughs> um Okay, so so that's that's the thing of the art. The story, I'm also not loving it right now. It's a little out there for the Flash for me. Um, it's it's a little hard to come down from the hill of we have, especially after you know binging half of Jeff Johns' Wally run and having Jeremy Adams' Wally run and reading bits of Mark Wade's Wally run. And they were all like happy-go-lucky, excited, bouncy-bouncy, joy-joy-joy. Ren and Stimpy Wally, and we knew that was coming with Cy Spurrier. We knew that was coming, but it's not easy yeah, to come down that hill. To, yeah. like, also, it's not necessarily something that people want. Not moving. Right. Am I happy? What is life? I don't like this Wally. <laughs> <laughs> what is life? It's just it's making me ask what is life, but it's not. 
It's not Wally, man. It, it's barely Golly. buried. I still can't believe you compared somebody to Jar Jar. Like the only <laughs> artist in the last 10 years that I have enjoyed less. Or, okay, so it goes Riley Rosmo and then Jar Jar. I have like two artists that you actively hate, so it's not hard actively to pick them out. We've already we've already debated this to death, but I've <laughs> read extensive amounts of his stuff from the eighties to the present and I, I would gladly defend some of his prime work. Oh yeah, like I'll I'll admit some, some older Bermuda stuff is is pretty solid. I wouldn't uh, compare it to a lot of people. It's Brandon has sent me some here. pictures of Spider-Man that were amazing, oh, but yeah. that was a while ago. Yeah, now it's... Wait, look at this Green Lantern cover. Oh, no, 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 don't do this to me. Hey, wait, 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 no! uh, hey, hold on. I see a perfectly drawn Hal Jordan right there. The only problem with it is that he has a whole can of skull in his mouth. He looks like he's gonna throw <laughs> He's dipping some Copenhagen. That's what's going on there. <laughs> I, I, I have a question for you, John. That bottom mouth is fucking wrong. Where is his right shoulder in conjunction with his neck? <laughs> Drop down. What where where does his back start and his neck end? Your back and your neck don't what? Look. That the anatomy is not right here. <laughs> this is not right at all. The best part of this image is the hand, and even that. Like once you get past the pinky, you're like, "What the fuck is going on? Is that a wrist?" This is what. This is five. I'm gonna. This is that come out. The hair. I'm gonna. The hair I'm gonna, and the logo are the only good parts. I'm. I'm gonna. When I when I send you um, your copy of of Sinestro Core War. I'm going to see if I can wait until this variant cover comes out, and I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to send it just I, for you. I want you, to, I want you to hang it on your wall. I will send it back, and we need to play d no. <laughs> 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 He's just happy. Oh, God. But it's Matt Herm's coloring, so it can't be all bad. No, Matt, Matt Herm's is good. fucking it's probably great. probably the, the only saving grace. I, I don't even think it does that well. <laughs> he looks like he got the shit beat out of him by Despero. And he's just know. like, I could do this all day. <laughs> I can do this all day. Oh, oh, yeah. oh God. Yeah, I was enjoying the Green Lantern covers for this run. Yeah, yeah, we did it. Uh, well, if it makes sense, <laughs> there's, there's a cover B by Doc Shane that is gorgeous. That's so. all it's like. You all you have to say is Doc Shaner and I'm sold. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's great. Doc Shaner always does great B covers. He does great covers no matter what letter. He's a great artist. I think that's yeah. why. Oh yeah, he's just fantastic. But if wow. we are if we are done making fun of Green Lantern, did you guys want to uh, uh, head on over to Green Arrow? It's like, wait, I haven't even finished talking about the Flash. Oh well. <laughs> Oh, my bad. We keep going on tangents about Diodato sucking. Um, <laughs> I'm trying Josh, to help you, Mike. I'm trying. Josh, <laughs> give, give us this. You, you, get, you, get, you get to complain about creators all the time. We don't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very, very true. <laughs> um, right. 
does it feel to be on the other end for once? You're, you're yes. defending the creator we're shitting on. No, actually, I'm sitting here looking at the Flash and going, this is great, and then you guys are all like, yeah, but what about this, this, and this? And there's, like, no defense. I mean, like... <laughs> Hell, you take away the, the the you take away the the weird fucking angle of his hand, and it still looks like he's got a giant fucking tobacco plug in his mouth, and I just can't shake that fucking yeah, look. Like, like he swallowed here. some, and he. There's no skin here at all. Like, where is it? Oh, I know. The skin from here went here and here. That's what happened. That's where the shoulder yeah. is. It's on his wrist and jaw. All right. That mask looks really good. That's about the one positive thing I can say. The logo is symmetrical. I'll give him that. Yeah, but it's not angled right. Yeah, it looks kind of weird. It looks like it's it's like concave. I don't know if that's the right word, but like like it's it's. It starts smaller, but it's getting bigger as it moves. I think it's just the angle. Oh, I mean, that's like, that's perspective, but it's yeah, still done it's wrong. Be a perspective thing, but it looks it looks funny. Does he have a chest? Yeah, it's in there somewhere. I don't think it is. <laughs> it's sort of just like a flat. Yeah, I, just like a flat square. Basically. I think it's on his it's back. Or he might, it looks like, it's like the rough impression of him having pectorals. It's like yeah. sloped down, but we just but don't see enough of the full shot. Those yeah. weird shading lines on the back of his neck back. Is, neck back? It's just the chest hair, because that's where his yeah. chest is. Hey, hey. Leave back hair alone. Yeah, hey, I got time. <laughs> this is on his costume. It's even worse. <laughs> God. Okay, we, we've oh, derailed this yeah. enough. I got yeah. like seven minutes so yeah okay Flash, oh shit is okay i'm not in love with it uh 7.5 out of 10 very nice all right let's zip through green arrow super duper fast can you great. do that yeah i haven't had a chance to read flash yet i was waiting for you <laughs> yeah okay so green arrow number five i'm uh, excited for you fuck this a creative team holy shit oh wow it's the only one i didn't write down for real I think I, aside from letters, I can recite it. It should be Josh Williamson, Sean Isaacs, and Phil Hester with colors from Romulo Pardo Jr. There might be another colors attached, but. Parks? Yeah, Parks. Somebody yeah, there's, Parks. There is no credits in this issue at all. Oh, yeah, there no, is. Tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny. I see. I see. Uh, okay. So. Ande Parks? Yeah, hidden, hidden on a wall. Uh, yeah, so it was written by Joshua Williamson, art from Sean Iskazi and Phil Hester and Andy Parks. The covers from Romy Lafarda Jr., letters from Troy Pateri, and a cover from Hester, Andy Parks, and Alex Sinclair. Uh, so, back in the Legion headquarters in the 31st century, Brainiac 5 uh, has activated a time travel machine, which is very illegal and dangerous, but he figures he can let them do it one time because they have no fucking choice. Uh, but they can only send one of the pair, that being Connor Hawk, or oh my god, what is her name? Leanne? Leanne, thank you. Jesus. Why did I forget Leanne's name? Lay off Damn. the weed, you man. And, you and the, and the rest of the DC universe, apparently. <laughs> 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 Alright, uh, let's so, go. 
We can only send one of them, and Connor says, "Let me do it. It, I, uh, you, you stay safe here, and I need to do this to save my father." And as we pick up where his father is, he's with an older version of himself in some dark world where they're being attacked by splicer creatures. Uh, may or may not be Batman Beyond World, but we'll see. Uh, they're driving away in the arrow car, and they head off a cliff, and the arrow car turns into the aeroplane, and young Ollie goes, that's fucking genius. Uh, so <laughs> right. the, uh, the pair fly off, and all, <laughs> young Ollie takes out some more splicer-out goons, uh, and they head over to the arrow cave, where old Ollie tells young Ollie to rest up, kick, take it easy, and we'll talk soon. Hey, just, uh, just an interjection real quick. If we're going to start acknowledging the fact that the fucking arrow car should turn into an arrow plane, then we should acknowledge the fact that the arrow cave should be called the quiver. Oh, that's that's always an acknowledgement. <laughs> I, I am forever thanking Tom Taylor for that. <laughs> I mean, it might be the cooler name, but isn't it more Green Arrow to pick, like, the obvious anti-establishment shit name? I feel like that's more Ollie. Like, yes, Arrow. Quiver sounds cooler, but like because I'm stubborn and obstinate, I'm gonna pick Arrow Cave because I want to. But how is that anti? How's that anti-establishment? I don't know. It just is. <laughs> it just is. is. Can okay. we go back to fighting capitalism? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Says the billionaire. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so then we pick up on top of the bread. House. Wow. Uh, where... <laughs> um, I've been wanting to make that joke. Uh, so Dinah, Roy, and Cheshire, Jade, um, are having a little brouhaha on top of the building where Roy and Jade are debating about Leanne being alive and how Jade knew and Roy didn't and whatnot. Who killed her? Just, you know, Dinah has to break him up with her sonic scream. Uh, and. <clears throat> they ask for information on Waller, where Jade reveals, like, Waller's doing some shit. She made some deals that it was very dangerous and something that no hero could be ready for. I'll help you find our daughter, but stay away from her. If you've ever loved me, stay away from Waller. Uh, so we then jump back to the future Arrow Cave, where young Ollie is seeing all the left-behind memorabilia and tattered images and old costumes of their fallen comrades as old Ollie finds him and they discuss the death of the Arrow family and why young Ollie should never be with them again. Uh, they discover, or young, they, they take him to the time machine that old Ollie used to go back in time and set his plan into motion, which prevented young Ollie, uh, who prevented himself, basically any Ollie, from uh, interacting with the Arrow family ever again, uh, down to even... Um, trying to convince them that's the right way of it with uh, detailing their time on the island and how they've never set foot there since they got off uh, due to the fact that uh, they just kept to run away from their past. Uh, that's when young Ollie shoots old Ollie in the eye with an arrow uh, because that's when he realizes this is not really his older self because he's been to Lian Yu again many times. So I call it Lian Yu. I don't know if it was that in the comics or if it was just that in the show. No, I, I think, think that was that. On the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so the island. He's been back to the island many times since. He just never told anybody. And that's a fact any Ollie would know, even the older one. But that's when you find out this older Ollie is a robot uh, with red glowing eyes. 
very reminiscent, in my opinion, of Amazo, but we'll get there eventually, I imagine. Um, so they have a little fight, and old Ollie sends young Ollie into the time machine uh, and sends him back to times unknown, but that's when the world turns into Phil Hester world, and then <laughs> the Oliver Queen with the green cap and the white feather that you remember... I, Bill has that that yeah no that was Kevin Smith era. Um, Hell yeah! Hell yeah. yeah! That was the Kevin Smith era Green Arrow, and this is just after he came back to life. Uh, they do have some discussions, trying to figure out who each other are, and young Ollie, I guess now future Ollie, gets confusing. Time travels weird. Uh, tries to convince new, old Hester Ollie, uh, that he's got a okay then other oliver queen show up and it gets really fucking hard to differentiate and there's so many different ones there yeah i'm not even gonna go through them all you just gotta see them but you you will recognize every single oliver queen green arrow showing up here uh and they all have a fight uh and our ollie um tries to get away uh the the two ollies that first met up hester ollie and modern day ollie fight off all the other ollies but then hester ollie shoots our Ollie in the chest and he ends up going back through time uh, the arrow starts glowing green and that's where the issue ends very fucking confusing at times but you know that's that's time travel for you uh, I'll start off right away art love it Hester very iconic very very unique but very good uh, and Sean is Kazi I always love um, and this, the art throughout the issue is just fucking fantastic. Uh, story slowly getting to where we need it to be. There is this is issue five, if I remember right. Uh, issue six, as we will know, is where the story arc ends. So it is bound to wrap up soon. And I imagine Connor is going to show up and save Ollie from something. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, this is just a trip through basically Arrow Memory Lane in a way and i was all for it you got to see different ollie costumes and you're like oh i remember that one and that was so cool and oh that one was okay but i don't really care about that one and the rest was awesome uh i i gave it an 8.75 out of 10 same score as me it's actually kind of eerie um i i so for that i'm gonna raise my score i'm gonna raise uh to a 9 out of 10 um still loving the shit out of this series it's just a lot of fun and like it's, it's so crazy and bizarre and, and definitely a little bit more out there than your typical Green Arrow story is you know, taking down politicians or serial killers or whatever the case may be. But I think the reason I like it so much is like even amidst all this madness, the through line is Ollie and his character is so consistent and you just attach to that. So even if we're getting chucked around to different timelines and different places, like Ollie is, is, is like I said, is your through line. It's kind of keeping everything grounded in a way um and i really like that and I, I agree it was nice seeing the little arrow trip down memory lane um and just you know kind of reminiscing on the different eras of green arrow but i like that he kind of got the touch on that very specific era of the kevin smith green arrow the quiver era um and uh just kind of a, a fun callback to that um final note is in like future ollie the future Ollie Imposters Cave, there is 
costume of the Mia Bearden Speedy in one of the glass cases, and I was like, it's coming. It's coming yeah. back. I can't wait. Like, we're going to have proper Arrow family reunion, everyone, and I'm going to be so fucking excited. So, yeah, I love this engine. Yeah, right. I can't wait. Mia's going to be awesome. So for me, it's pretty quick here. A um, couple of problems that I had. Add to a couple of other problems that I had. Um, we get a quote, get a saying, dialogue box, whatever, from Ollie saying, here's the thing. I know myself better than anyone. Who the fuck doesn't? Um, second thing, Green Arrow in his normal Oliver Queen house has framed on his wall a certificate of membership for the Justice League signed Green Arrow Way to keep that a secret. Um, old Ali says that he is Ali's greatest enemy, but he's also a robot. So is this like Cyborg Merlin? Um, and then it ends with Ali getting. Uh, it ends with Ali getting shot by. I mean, a gl- glowing arrow. It's fucking glowing green. So I mean, I don't know if it's laced with kryptonite or what. Um, I think the art is great until it's not. Uh, this is Phil Hester cranking up the Phil Hester to the max, and he might be my third least favorite artist. And yeah, and I am like, I'm, I feel like I'm way over this story. I'm glad there's only one issue left because I thought it was going to be about getting the 12 the, issues, so you have seven oh, issues left. I thought it was only it's probably going to get extended into an ongoing, so. Well, hopefully F- Hester's not a. Oh, oh, this sucks, but it Hester, went. F- I think only around for that what one yeah, part, just to right. kind of get that fun call back. But for me, so far, this went about getting the Arrow family back together all the way to hey, they did this with Harley. Let's copy it. No, thank you. Uh, this issue of Green Arrow gets a four out of ten. Nostalgia doesn't do it for me. It's not enough. Does it mean anything if the Arrow family is still getting back together? Not if it's a shitty story all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough. All right. So that's <laughs> the issues we have for this main edition of the DC Review. Uh, y'all want to do a quick top three and favorite moment if you had one? I think we need to let Brandon go first. Yes. All right. I am desperately out of time. Thankfully, I only read three books this week, so it's not hard to choose. Um, at number two, I have, or excuse me, at number three, I have Action Comics 1058. At number two, Detective Comics 1075, but my number one pick should be obvious. Green Arrow, number five, still my favorite book. On the stands, um, my favorite moment. Ooh. Um, I don't know. Honestly, the the sequence of Phil Hester drawing all the different versions of Green Arrow, like it's it's not to love. Um, I, I know one of us does not love it, but uh, it's okay oh. to be wrong. Um, <laughs> Phil Hester like, is the whole reason why I didn't like Endless Winter. Yeah, um, but uh, but no, it was just it was like fun, uh, you know, seeing all those throwbacks. Uh, my top three and favorite moment, I give it to Flash and then Detective, and then number one is Action Comics, and that only gets a higher score than Detective because to me, respecting the material is more important than that of a moment that just made me really emotional. And then my favorite moment, um, it's all from the Bibbo part. I got a great laugh from the Super Twins. 
Uh, crowds this size only gather on Warworld to watch gladiatorial battles to the death, but this is different. Everyone is so full of joy and excitement, it's quite disturbing. <laughs> and then, I mean, uh, you were right, Bibbo. These salted meat tubes are delicious. <laughs> and then, um, finally, Bibbo says, Hey, Superman, any chance I could get a mildly kryptonite laced child harness next time? Yeah. Fucking wonderful, man. Uh, for me, really hard to rank these, but uh, I'll say Action Comics 1058 number 3, Green Arrow number 5, no, no, I'm sorry, Gotham War Red Hood number 2 at number 2, and Green Arrow number 5 at number 1. Favorite moments would also be Babowski just having a little tear to his, his eye at the end of that, that backup, which, you know, really warmed my heart. It was quite nice to see. All right. So with that, that is our show. Thank you all for listening. And Josh, you want to do a little sign off? I sure do. Like Rob said, that is the show. So we're getting out of here and you'll have to as well. Brandon sure as hell is. So be careful out there. And remember in the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home in the Geek Matrix. You are not alone.